say something that's in a room, and if you have that in your room, you're going to have your hand in the air, and if I say something that isn't in your room, then you're going to put your hand down. So let's get started. This is going to be really easy. So if you have a ceiling in your room, I want you to raise your hand. This is really easy stuff, okay? All right, perfect, 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 perfect. If you have a ceiling in your room, okay, okay, great, great. All right, if you, and now look around, look at all of you. No, no, raise your hands if you have ceilings in your room, Nathan Morgan. I know your parents have a ceiling in your room. Uh, if you have, you know, when I was a kid, I had a really small little thin bed. If you, and then eventually I got a bigger bed, it was awesome. If you have a bigger bed in your room, it's not like a little tiny bed, but it's actually a really big like, like king or queen, or it's like a full, like it's just like a big bed in your room. If you have a big bed in your room, keep your hands up, all right? Now look around, look, see all the people who have their hands raised with their big beds in their room? That's a really good deal. I have a big bed in my room. All right, this is what makes a really cool room. If you have, if you have a television in your room, that's a pretty cool room. So if, no, no, but no, no, if you haven't raised your, if you don't have the other stuff, you can't keep your hand up. So you have to have a ceiling in your room, you have to have a big bed in your room, and you have to have a TV in your room. If you have those three things, have your hand in the air, okay? All right, so look around, you see the people who have TVs, and it's kind of like, wait, why don't, why don't I have a TV? Why don't I have a TV? This isn't fair. All right. Well, having a TV is great, but if you don't have stuff connected to your TV, it's, you know, kind of lame. It's just a box. So if you have a TV and you have, like, an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Wii or a DVD player or a Blu-ray player or an Apple TV plugged into your TV, I want you to keep your hands up. So where are those people? All right, all right, pretty good. All right, all right. All right, here's the real defining factor for me. Shh. Here's the defining factor. If you live on the, I used to live on the first story, it was the worst, and then I got moved to the second story, which is awesome. So if you live on the second story, you have a ceiling, a big bed, a TV, something connected to your TV, and you live on the second floor, I want you to raise your hand. All right, let's see. Who, who's left now? Who's left? This guy, that guy over there, these two guys. You live on the second floor? Second floor? You live on the second floor? Okay. All right, here's the really defining factor, though, okay? This is the defining factor. If you have... Uh, like a couch or some kind of like a, something you can lounge on, relax. Like it's not just a room for sleeping, it's a room for hanging out. If you have a couch in your room in addition to all the other things, put your hand in the air, keep your hand up with all the other people. All right, so you have a TV, a couch, you have a ceiling, a big bed. You have those things in your room? Hey, shh, shh, shh. you have those things in your room too? All right, who's left? Who's left? This guy's left, that guy's left, this guy, you're left, you're left, you got stuff left? Young lady, you got stuff? Anyone over here? You over there? All right, all right, all right. Preston, quiet, quiet. Preston, what do you have in your room that makes your room so killer? Like, what's the thing in your room that it's like, this makes my room unique and special and amazing? What is it? Hey, quiet down. Everyone's talking. Shh, shh. Go ahead. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey don't point people out. Go ahead. What do you have in your room that makes it amazing? You have a bunk bed, but you're the only kid in your room. So you have your own room with a bunk bed in your room. That's awesome. You sleep on the top or the bottom? The bu you sleep on the bottom? What's on the top? What's on the top? Watch TV from the above like a, like a fly. All right, what else? Uh, any girls? Girls have your hands up with any cool? What do you have? What do you have in your room that makes your room like unique and special? Maybe something you have that no one else has. Shh, pay attention. Go ahead. That's amazing. Your parents, my mom never let me hang lights in my room. She always thought they were going to catch on fire and burn me to death. So she never let me do that. I'm serious. But you get to do that. That's incredible. Uh, all right. Uh, you, uh, you seem like you're pretty uh, loud. You're pretty loud. Uh, so what do you have in your room that makes it, shh, hey, quiet it down. What do you have in your room that just makes it incredible and just blows it away? What do you have in your room? 
You have four walls in your room. Some people, anyone, hey, hold on. Anyone have more than four walls in their room? They have like an additional wall and it's kind of like an, you have more than four walls. I've actually been to your room, so I know it's true. Uh, what do you have? What do you have in your room that makes it incredible? Hey, shh, quiet down. What do you have in your room that makes it incredible? All right, anyone, I'm talking stuff. I'm not talking like weird, like goofy answers. I'm talking like a serious, like this is a thing in my room that's incredible. What do you have in your room that makes it incredible? Go ahead. What, you don't have anything? Anyone have something in their room that they're like, I don't think anyone else has this, and they want to share it? What do you have? Oh, quiet down. Shh. What do you have? You have a surfboard mounted on your wall. I'm, I wish I had that. That's actually pretty cool. Uh, all right. Uh, red-headed kid right here. You, what do you have in your room that is awesome that maybe blows everything else away? Shh. That's pretty cool. All right, well, we've covered a lot of that. Anything we haven't covered that's incredible, go ahead. You have a lava lamp circa 1972 in your room? Let's give him a hand. Lava lamp. That takes some guts. All right, here's the thing. Uh, I am the, the, so here's the thing. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, I'm going to be very honest, or seventh, yes, se not seventh grade, seven years old. I'm going to be very honest with you. When I was seven years old, I was a very bad son. I was kind of a jerk to my mom. And you guys might think like, oh my gosh, like Justin, you were a jerk to your mom. Like, how's this possible? But it's totally possible. It's totally true. And I was a jerk to my mom and it, you know, it was, I was just, it was just the worst. And I remember specifically one time we were out doing stuff and this kid was walking by with a pair of Nikes. And I was like, man, I want those, I want those shoes. Why don't I have those shoes? This isn't fair. And I looked at my mom and I said, mom, you got to get me these shoes. Now the backstory is my parents had just gotten divorced. So it was just me and my mom. And we were really poor at the time. We didn't have a lot of money. And I looked at her, I was like, mom, you, you got to get me this stuff. Now here's the thing. Moms and, the, and dads, I mean, this is the cool thing about parents. Parents always want the best for you. So if you have a parent, chances are they want the best for you. They want exciting things for your life. They want to give you all the things that you want because they want to say yes to you because they love you because you're their kid. My mom was no different. She loved me, wanted to give me all this cool stuff. The problem was we just didn't have the money for it. So she looks back at me. And she's like, Justin, we just don't have the money to buy you this stuff. Like, I can't afford to get you these shoes. And I looked at her, and I was seven years old, so, like, I didn't know what was going on. If you have a seven-year-old sibling, they don't know what's going on. So I looked at my mom, and I said, this is what I said to her. Okay, this is, this is terrible. If you ever say this to your parents or have ever said this, you should have apologized after service. This is terrible. This is what I said to my mom. I was seven years old. I said, Mom, if you really loved me, you'd get me these shoes. If you really loved me, Mom, you'd get, you must not love me the way you know that I need to be loved because the way I need to be loved is these shoes. If you really loved me, you'd get me these. Has anyone ever said that to their parents before, anything kind of like that? Okay, it reminds me of the kid I saw at the Apple store. If you guys remember this, I shared this story a couple weeks ago, and this kid's at the Apple store, and I'm there, you know, getting some plug or something, and this seven-year-old kid's freaking out, and he's like, Mom, I want this iPhone 6 Plus. Mom, I want, Mom, it'd be better if I was dead if I don't have this phone. And I'm like, oh my gosh. This is it. And it, but I look at this and it felt like I was looking at myself because this is the thing. And it's not that I wanted, like, it's not like I woke up that day and was like, man, I really want those shoes. Like I didn't wake up wanting those shoes. I saw someone else having it and I'm like, I want, I want what they have. Like I want that stuff. Like I, you know, I want to be, and this, this is what I did. This is what I did. Listen, shh, this is what I did. I looked at what I had and I compared it to what they had and I'm like, you know, this is not, I should have what they have. And it started because I compared it to what they had. I wasn't looking at what I had. I wasn't looking at what, what this is, and we're going to talk about this a lot. I wasn't looking at, at what Jesus gave me and what he was just gifting me with. I wasn't looking at my relationship with God and how great that was. I wasn't looking at how God was impacting the lives of others. I was just looking at stuff. And I was like, he has, 
and I don't have, and I want that, and it all started with comparison. You know, comparison sometimes is not, you know, it's sometimes we feel like it's not a terrible thing. You know, we compare things all the time. You know, where do we want to go to eat? Well, you know, Yelp, and, you know, we kind of want to go there, and we kind of want to go there. And, and, you know, sometimes we they get the junior high team together, and we're like, we're all going out to lunch, and we're like, who should drive? And it's like, well, let's compare Justin's driving to Adam's to, Dave, you know, to, you know, Serena's to this, you know. And, you know, we compare stuff all the time. And what is polluting is sometimes we don't have a good view of what comparison really is. And we always let it become unhealthy. You know, when I was growing up, my mom would always tell me that I was a really good, and this is, and this is an only child thing. So is anyone like the only child in their family? Like it's just them? Oh, 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 Riley, you're perfect for this, brother. Oh, man, you're perfect for this. I didn't see you there until the year purpose because I, I was an only child. You know that, right? I was an only child. So this is what my mom used to say to me all the time, Riley. And I know your mom. Your mom's a great lady, okay? So, and she totally loves you. Dad loves you. Then my mom loved me too. And this is what she used to say to me. She used to say to me, Justin, you're, you're, you're great at everything. Now, here's the, here's the truth, Riley. This might shock you. I'm not great at everything, okay? I'm not great. But she believed that I was great at everything. I was her only kid and all, you know, there was no one distracting her from me. It was all me. So she would always tell me, Justin, you're great at everything. Even with things that it's like, it's measurable and obvious. And it's like, you know, this is obvious. You're not that good at this. I remember, and she was, for whatever reason, thought I was a great singer. I don't know why she thought this. She thought I was a great singer, Riley. Now, this is the thing. I don't think I'm a great singer. And I remember coming back from chorus class one day, like a music class at the school, and I told my mom, hey, Mrs. White, the music teacher, she said, she said that I'm not a good singer. Now, imagine your teacher saying that to you. They just look at you, and they're like, hey, you know, honestly, kid, you're really not that, you should stop doing, you're, just quit while you're behind, you're not going to get any better. That's what she said. She's like, you're really not, you're really not that good at the singing thing. You should maybe focus your attention other places. She was a really bad teacher. But I went home and told my mom this, and do you know what she said? She said, that teacher's a liar, that I'm a great singer, okay? No, I'm serious. She was willing to, to bleed no matter what. I remember I dated this girl when I was, oh man, I was what, like in high school-ish, okay? And I was at church with her, and we were doing worship together, just like we do worship here with the JHM band. We're doing worship together, Riley, listen to this. We're doing worship together. We're hanging out there. We're sitting there in rows. We're singing. I'm singing these worship songs. She turns to me. I'm in high school. Here's my girlfriend. She says she, you know, loved me, which, you know, made no sense. Uh, I don't even know her anymore. So, so, you know, love. And this is what she said to me. She turned to me and she said, Justin, listen. She said, Justin, you're really not that good of a singer. Okay? This is my girlfriend talking with. I go home. I tell my mom, hey, mom, you know, this is weird. I know you always tell me I'm a great singer. But this, you know, this girl I'm dating, she, she told me, she told me I wasn't that good of a singer. And you know what my mom looked at me straight in the eyes? You know what she said to me? She said, you know what? It's time to dump that girl because she's a liar. And I don't want you hanging out with liars because you're a great singer, Justin. Now, here's the thing. I got here a little early today. I recorded just a little bit, just a little snippet I put on Instagram. Here's a little snippet. And I want you guys to be the judge. Am I a good singer or am I not? Go ahead. Let's see if I'm a good singer. Mm. See, I don't even know the words of the song. You know, and listen, that's me really trying my hardest singing. And do you guys think I'm a good singer or a bad singer? Do you guys think I'm a good singer? Good singer? Yeah? My mom would say you're all liars because I'm a terror. She would say you're all liars. You're a terror. I'm a terror. Listen, I'm not, a, I'm not a good singer. Okay. My mom would li- look at you and say you're all liars. Because here's the thing. You know what good music sounds like. So it's easy to compare 
bad music to good music. I mean, that's like the easiest thing in the world, right? I mean, you know what a great band sounds like. Our JHM band is killer. And listen, who's doing drums today? Matt was doing drums. Sometimes Davion does drums. I mean, they, they, you know, it, it's like, you know what a good drummer sounds like. And if I got back there and started like, hey, I'm a drummer, like, you could compare that and see, like, listen, you're, like, when I look at someone who's a really good drummer, like, you actually don't stack up. Like, you're not as good as you think. And this is what happens. Sometimes we take that idea of easy comparison, because that feels like, you know, that's easy to do. That's simple stuff, right? But then we take that, and we take the idea of comparison, and we move it into every area of our life, and it becomes very unhealthy. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you, and you got to write this down if you're taking notes. When you start comparing... You can never stop. Comparison is insatiable. You can never get enough comparison. Once you start down the road of comparing yourself to other, maybe the way you dress, maybe comparing the way you dress to the way other people dress, maybe comparing the way you look to the way other people look, maybe you start doing that. Uh, maybe you, you know, that thing over there, you got to figure that out. Uh, maybe uh, you start to compare your grades to other people's grades. You start to compare uh, how you do in sports to how other people are doing in sports. Listen, this is the thing. Once you start comparing, there's never an end in sight. You will always compare. And I was thinking, you might think, well, comparison, well, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm going to give you the rundown. I'm going to start at the very top, and I'm going to get down to your level. So let's start at the very, very top, okay? Let's start with God. God's at the very top. Created everything. Genesis 1, created the heavens, the earth, the whole thing. This is what happened, the very top of this. In heaven, with God, at the very beginning, before the Bible even was started to be written, before he started creating anything, there was a guy there. He was an angel, all right? His name was Lucifer. This is a guy we know as Satan or the devil, okay? This is a real story. This is right out of the Bible. You could read this. And this is what happened. He was up there in heaven, and he sat there, and one day, you know, any normal day, I guess, he started thinking to himself, you know what? You know what? This stuff that God does, you know, I... You know, I think I could be as good, I can do what God does. You know, I can do what he's doing. Like, he started to compare himself to God. And he started to think, you know, I can do better than that. I can do better than what he's doing. Like, I want the power he has. I want to be able to do the things that he does. So, this is the thing. Hey, listen. So, this is the thing. You start to compare, and this is what happens. This is what happens. You start to get angry. Because here's the reality. Comparison is insatiable. Once you start comparing, you'll never stop. And once you start comparing and realizing, like, you know what? I'm actually not going to, like, I can't be that person. Like, sometimes we're so miserable being ourselves, and we're so excited to try and be someone else. We put all of our energy into comparing to what other people have and what other people are doing, what other girls are doing, and what other guys are doing, and grade stuff and sports stuff or relationship stuff. And you start to say, man, if they're, why can't I be doing that? And you start to get angry about it. And maybe you start to not like that person. You know what? That person and the stuff they're wearing, they just don't look as good as in it. And I'm so angry. And I wish I could do what they're doing. And I'm just, I'm jealous and I'm upset. And here's what happens. Anger gives birth to something else. Gives birth to pride. This little, and that's what happened with Satan. He was comparing himself to God and he was angry that he couldn't be like God. And he started getting prideful. Like, you know what? I can do better. And the attention should be on me, 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 me. And it gives birth to this little pride baby. Oh, look at little pride baby. Just holding him in your arm. And I'm gonna, me, and my, my, me and my wife, we're going to find out if we're having a boy or a girl today. It's going to be great. And I'm going to host it, and I'm going to have a boy or a girl. It's going to be great. We landed on names. I'm not going to tell you which, but we have. And you give birth to this little pride baby because your comparison, get, anger happens, and it, it grows in you and grows in you. And then you have this little pride baby. Oh, little pride baby. Oh, and bites your finger. Listen, because pride bites you. And it always will. And it hurts when it does. And that's what happened to Satan. It, it, was, it was something that actually got kicked out of heaven. It was a sin. 
And this pride sin got him kicked out of heaven. It was a big deal. So, and this is how it started. It all started with Satan saying, I can do what God does. And he started to compare himself to God. And he was so frustrated that he couldn't do what God was doing. So he started getting angry. And that anger gave birth to pride. And that pride it resulted in him getting booted out of heaven. No friends, no one to be around. The only people he surrounded himself with were people that were just like, oh, yeah, Satan, you're just great. There's all these little demons. They, they were the worst. Oh, yeah, Satan, you're awesome. Just keep doing it. No one really giving him honest feedback. No one really caring about him. They were just like filling his ego and his arrogance and his pride, all because he started this insatiable journey of comparing. All right, so let's take a step lower. Let's talk about me for a second. I'm going to be honest with you if you guys are willing to be honest with me, and we'll see how this plays out. Okay, so I'm going to be honest with you. So being a pastor at a large church, and, you know, Mariners is a large church. We just look around. Not every church is like this. And, you know, having a junior high ministry like this is exciting. There's probably, what, 100 and something people in this room. It's so great. And we did service at 9 and service at 3. We did three services here. That's incredible. I have a staff of seven people that work for me. That's incredible, right? So good. We have a big budget here. We do all this crazy junior high stuff. We do big camps and, and go. But we have a band. Our band made a CD this year. How many junior high ministries in the country are making CDs? We made a CD this year. Jason and his band, they're incredible. Okay? Here's the thing, though. There's always a bigger junior high ministry. So me as a pastor, there's always a bigger junior high ministry. There's always a ministry, some pastor out there, and JHM is great, but there's some other youth pastor out there that has a thousand kids in his youth ministry. They do a Sunday morning service like this, and there's a thousand kids in the room. You know, I, I have some friends, they have bigger teams than I do. I have a team of six people that work for me. Some teams, they have teams of like 12 people, and they get to hire more people. And some churches, some departments, they get like, we get like X amount of dollars. Some churches, they get like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some churches, they don't even have budgets. They get to spend whatever they want. And then and me as a pastor, and I fall into this sometimes, I start to compare. Well, wait, why, why does that ministry have and we don't have? I love my kids. I love my junior high kids. Why do they have and we don't have? Why can't I hire more people? I want to hire more people. That's not fair. I, we should be able to hire. And I started to compare our ministry to other ministries. Well, what, hold on a second. And this is what happens. Okay, this is so good. Hey, this other ministry, all these kids, they bring their Bibles to church. Why, why do these other people, they bring their Bibles to church and, and they do, hey, you know, these other churches, the kids aren't sitting on their cell phones messing around. They're, they're sitting there and they're listening. What, what is that? And listen, what happens when I start to compare? What's that pastor doing that I'm not doing? I start to get angry at myself. Why, why are my kids not bringing their Bibles to church? What am I doing that's wrong? How am I messing up? And I start to get angry. And then I start to get prideful. You know what? If, if the students were to bring, they don't appreciate me here. If they only appreciated me and knew how much I cared for them, they would bring their Bibles and stop messing around their phones and they'd get in life groups and do all these things that I wanted them to do. If only they really cared about me because, you know, pride gives birth to this little pride baby and it's all about me. That's what happens when you start to compare. That's at my level. Let's talk about your level for a second, okay? You're a son, you're a daughter. Maybe you've done what I've done and you've done the whole, mom, if you really loved me, you'd give me these things that I want, like, Mom, look at this kid over here. He has a new iPhone 6 Plus, and I am stuck with this old iPhone 5S. Ugh. It's like I'm living in the Stone Age. It's a millisecond slower. It's like I'm running with weights on my legs in cement underwater after being, like, in handcuffs. Like, it's the worst. Mom, Dad, this, my buddy, they're going to Europe for vacation. Where are we going? Fresno? That's lame. Mom, dad, they're going to Hawaii. Why can't I go on trips like that family goes on trips? Mom, dad, they own a house somewhere. They get to go on vacation wherever they want. They get, hey, mom and dad, look at, this, look at the car they drive. You're picking me up in 
in an Escalade? They have a Ferrari. Why don't we have Ferraris? Like, seriously, and it starts to get psychotic. And here's the thing. Mom and dad, like, come on. Look at what these other students have. I should have, we should have what these other students have. And you get angry about it. You get angry about it. And this is what happens. You get angry about it, and it gives birth. What does it give birth to? A little pride baby. Because you know what? The, now the little pride baby, it's, it's telling you all the things you want to hear. You're right. You're right, little seventh grade student. It's all about you. It's all about you. And you're like, yeah, baby, it is all about me. Oh, it's all about what you want and what you think is best. And if your parents really loved you, they'd give it to you. Yeah, if my parents really did love me, they would give it to me. You're right. Oh, oh look how cute you are. And it bites you. Because listen, because pride will bite you every single time. And it just starts as easy as comparison. And then it gives birth to anger because I'm not having what these other people are having. And then it gives birth to pride. And pride's always going to bite you back. So maybe that, let's, let's go even a level lower. Let's talk about school for a second. Everyone in here is in school, right? Look at all of you getting an education. So smart. <sighs> when I was in school, I didn't do a lot of homework. A lot of stuff came really naturally to me at school. There's this one kid, and I've shared this story before. There, I did this thing in high school called DECA. It was a competition, and I didn't study at all. There was this other kid that did this competition. It was a sales competition, and he practiced and studied for this competition for like, like a year. His family paid a private tutor to help him. Uh, he had all this money. Like they, they had this really nice, you know, he had nice suits to wear to these competitions. All these I was borrowing suits. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a private tutor. A lot of this stuff just came naturally to me. Maybe there's students, maybe you're a student like that where kind of education and tests and stuff just come naturally to you. Like you don't have to put a lot of study hours in to get good grades. Some of you work really hard for good grades and you're like killing yourself. You're studying two, three. Anyone study three hours a night? Seriously, four hours a night? Anyone study four hours a night, five hours a night? There was a kid who studied five hours a night in here. No kidding. And he looked like he studied five hours a night. He looked really smart. And so you study like four or five hours a night. You study a ton. Hey, that's cool. I like, studying is great. I studied in college a ton. I didn't study when I was in junior high, though. And here's the thing. So you, maybe if you're that kind of really, you know, academic, you know, you're pushing for really good grades and, and you just want to, you know, be number, you know, one in your class or, you know, just rank pretty high, it, it gets pretty intense because then you see the kid who they're not really working as hard as you're working. You know, you start to compare yourself to these other students, and you're like, you know what? I'm studying, like, a ton. And this guy, they're not studying at all. And they're getting all these really good grades, and, and I'm, like, dying, and I keep coming in second or third place to them. And, like, I'm really upset about that. And it all starts because you're just comparing. You're comparing your grades to their grades and your study habits to their study habits. And, oh, they're a suck-up to the teacher, and they're just sucking up to the teacher, and that's why things are going so good for them. And, like, you know, I don't suck up to the teacher. Maybe I should start to, and then you start to get angry about it. You start to get angry because you want your grades to, you know, reflect all the hard work you're putting in. And then, and then, in addition to that, uh, you start to get, you know, birth to this little what? This little what? A little pride baby, okay? Because you're at school, like, oh, I'm working so hard. And the little baby's like, you are working hard. You're doing so much. People should respect you and just think you're awesome and give you awards. And you're like, oh, my gosh, little pride baby, you're so right. People should give me awards. Look how cute. And it bites you. Why? Why does it bite you? Because pride always bites back. It will never fail. Pride will always bite back. Because you're not spending your time looking at who Jesus is. You're not spending your time, you know, comparing yourself to Jesus and, and being what Jesus was. You're not spending time looking at what God's doing in your life. You're not spending time looking at what God's doing in the life of other people. You're just missing this stuff. It all starts with comparison. Now, here's the best part. This is so, you guys are going to love this. You over there, you're going to love this. You're going to love what I'm about to say. You're going to love this. Because you might think, well, what are we supposed to do now? What's the answer? What are we going to do? 
Because we got to figure this out because comparison sounds like this terrible thing. Because compare, once you start comparing, right, you just keep on comparing. There's no end in sight. So there has to be a solution, right? I wish there was something written down that could help us. Like something we could read, maybe in a book. If there was something in a book, maybe, hmm, maybe the Bible has something. It does. You guys are in luck. Because this is what it says in the book of Galatians. Open up your Bibles. Flip them open. Galatians is in the New Testament. This is great. Galatians chapter 6. As you're flipping there, don't worry about using the table of contents. I use it all the time. I used it yesterday on stage. Let me explain what's happening in this church in Galatia. This very small church, a very young church, just like all of us. They're a church of, of a lot of questions. You guys have a lot of questions, probably. It's a church of life groups. All these life groups are popping up all over the city. If you're in a life group, you know how great they are. If you're not in a life group, you should get in a life group because life groups are amazing. And all these little, you know, communities of people are all bubbling up anywhere. And here's the thing. This is important. Don't miss this. They have a ton of questions. They have a ton of questions. Because they're trying to figure stuff out, and everyone's lying to them, and they're like, no, 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 be more like this person, and no, no, keep comparing yourselves to others, and, that, and everyone's distorting what Jesus was about. So Paul writes this letter, I hope you found it by now, in Galatians chapter 6. This is how he wraps up the letter, this is what he says. If anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. He's talking about pride, this is what he's saying. If you... Are this is what he's saying. I really want you to hear this because if you miss this, you're going to kind of miss the whole thing. If you are letting comparison and you comparing yourselves to others become such a deal that you're getting angry about it. And if you let your anger get to the point where pride, this little pride baby is taking over your life and this pride baby is just biting you because, you know, pride bites every single time and the pride baby is biting you and all this stuff and, and, and you think to yourself, well, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think something of myself when that's actually not true. Paul says that you are deceiving yourself. You're, it, I'm not doing it to you. Listen, listen. This isn't Justin talking. This isn't Justin coming down hard on you and making your Sunday bad. This isn't me being mean to you. Okay? I love you guys. That's why I'm being honest with you. Listen, this is what Paul is saying. Blame Paul for this. If you think that you are something when you are not, you have this inflated view of yourself. Pride is taking over. You think it's all about you and it's not about anyone else. You're not thinking about Jesus. You're not thinking about what God's doing in your life and God does big things in your life. You're not thinking about what God's doing in other people's lives. If that's happened, you have deceived yourself. And furthermore, verse 4, I want you to listen to this because we're going to do a little, little repeat thing. It's going to be great. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without... That was really, good job. Yeah, one person got it. Let's try it again, okay? We're all going to focus. This is real. Everyone open your eyes and your ears. Watch what's happening. Okay. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Each one should carry your own load. So what's Paul saying? Paul's saying this. Listen, don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't worry about what other people have and their things. Don't worry about the way they look. Don't worry about how they dress. Don't worry about the stuff they have. Don't worry about what their family looks like. Don't worry about the money they have. Don't worry about where they live, where they vacation. Don't worry about their relationship with God. Don't worry about how many verses they have memorized, how big their Bible is. Don't worry about the life. Don't worry about what they're doing. Listen, 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 listen. Don't worry about what they're doing. Worry 
and be concerned with you. Because this is the thing, and if you're not writing this down, it's time to. Comparison will never end if you let it start in your life. There's no end to comparing. There's no end to comparing. There's no end to, well, me versus other people. There's no end to, you know, what, you know, you're seeing. There's no end to any of that. There's no end to it. You'll just keep comparing over, and when you're done comparing to one person, when you finally feel like you, listen, when you finally feel like you've surpassed the person you've been comparing yourself to, what is there next? There's the next person to compare to. Because there's always going to be someone richer with more stuff, with more things. There's always going to be someone smarter with better clothes. There's always going to be someone in your life that you can look at and say, well, I just want to be like them. I want to have what they have. And we're so concerned with other people that we forget about ourselves. Listen, here's the thing. You will make a terrible someone else, but you will make an amazing you. You will work, if you let yourself, you will work your entire life comparing and getting angry and being prideful and just thinking you, and it's all about you and having all, and you will do that. I'm, I swear to you, you will do that for the rest of your lives because you will never be able to be someone else. But you will be the best you ever because no one can be you. You gotta worry about you, the load that you carry, the life that you have, and not worry about what other people have. Now that sounds easier said than done, right? Well, well, yeah, of course it does. You know, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, that sounds easier said than done, I wish there was a real plan for how we could pull that off. Like I wish there was something we could do, right? I mean, comparing sounds like a bad thing. If you start it, you can never stop it. It's just gonna keep going. It leads to anger, which leads to this little pride baby. It's gonna bite you every time, because pride, listen, so here's the thing. There has to be a solution, right? If only there was something that we could really look at and measure up to, someone that we could really say, well, you know what? We want to we wanna do good with our life. We want to grow up to be these awesome you know, students who are learning stuff. And we don't want to spend our life wasting away comparing ourselves to dumb stuff. So what are we going to do here? What's the plan? Well, you're all in luck. This is so great. You, you guys are this is the best situation ever because you guys have the opportunity to see what God says about comparing. Because this is what he says in Amos chapter, I think it's seven. This is what he says. This is so good. And you don't have to flip there. Just write this down in your little note paper. Read it when you get home. This is an interesting stuff. This is what happens. Amos was a prophet in the Old Testament. So basically, Israel was screwing around, a group of people messing around, you know, not unlike this group of people messing around. And God's like, you know what? You guys got to stop messing around. All you're doing is comparing yourselves to other people. You're doing it foolishly. You guys got to figure it out. So this is what God says. This is how we're going to figure it out. This is what he says. This is what he showed me. This is Amos talking. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb. You don't know what plumb is yet, but you're going to learn something incredible today. So just keep listening. With a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, what do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. This is so simple. This is, you guys are going to learn something ingenious today. I'm so excited. Then the Lord said, look, I am setting a plumb line among my people, Israel. I will spare them no longer. So this is what's happening. Let's explain what a plumb is. So if you guys are taking notes, this is going to be so killer. Back then, they would build things. They build buildings and build walls, and they got to make sure the wall is level. Like, they got to make sure it's level to the ground. So they would grab this kind of contraption. It was kind of like a rock on a big piece of string called a plumb line, and they'd drop it from the top, and they'd, you know, put it down to the ground, and then they would measure if the wall was straight, 
in comparison to this plumb line. That's how they would compare. Is the wall, in comparison to this plumb line, the string that's been dropped, are they even? Do they line up? How do they compare? Okay, so that's how it plays. Now, you might think, like, well, that doesn't make sense. I've never seen one of those. Have you ever seen, like, one of those deals? It's like a leveler, and it has the little liquid inside, and you've got to match up the little bubble in between the two lines to make sure everything's level? That's essentially what, that's exactly what it is. They have a leveler, and they want to make sure everything's level and leveling's even. They want something they can actually compare it to. So this is, this is what God's saying. Israel, listen. Students, listen. Hear this. Mariners, listen. Church, hear this. Stop comparing yourself to other people. I know you keep doing it, but you got to stop. That's what God's saying. He talks with an accent. You got to stop. But here's what I'm going to give you, because I care about you a lot. I'm going to give you something that you can compare yourself to. Something that you can look at and say, how am I really measuring up? And this is what God gave us. He gave us, this is so good, he gave us himself in the person of Jesus. He gave us himself in the person of Jesus so that when we start thinking, well, how do I compare? Well, am I doing what I should be doing? Am I comparing, right? Like, is this stuff leveling out? Is it evening out that we are able to look and say, yes, it is. This is what Jesus did. This is what you're doing, and it works. Not this is what Jesus did, and, and I'm going to compare, and I'm never going to measure up, so then I'm just going to start getting angry and then give birth to this pride baby, and then, you know, pride baby bites because, you know, it bites every time. That's not what it is. No, no. People, listen. I want you to see what it looks like to truly know who you were meant to be. And how can you know who you were meant to be unless I send you someone like my son Jesus, who's 100% God, to help you see that this is who you were meant to be. Listen, comparison will always lead you into destruction. Comparison always leads to more comparison. And you will never measure up. But when you look to God for your measurement, for, for how you're lining up, for what you're doing. It will always work because, because God made you and he's all about you and he wants the best for you. So you know, let me give you an example. You know, most of us students, all right, you know, I know my eighth grade boys, they're all right here and scattered over there. and They're great, my eighth grade boys, love you guys. And I know my wife has a bunch of eighth grade girls in the room. So here's the thing. When I look at my eighth graders, I think to myself, hey, you guys, you guys want to be loving people, right? You, be, you don't want to be like full of hate and anger and rage. Troy, what do you think? You want to be full of hate and anger and rage? You want to be full of love. You want to be a loving guy, right? So good, right? Am I right? Caring about people, the people who can't care about themselves. You want to be like a kind person, full of kindness. Maybe when we do a food drive for like people in Mexico who don't have a lot, because we have a kind and gentle heart, we are caring about those people, right? You know, girls, like, you guys don't want to be at war with each other all the time or at war with people. You know, Kendall, you're such a sweet girl. You want to be, you want to be a girl who's very peaceful, right? You want to, like, and only, you want to be peaceful, and when, when conflict happens, you want to be the one who's helping fix things. Not the person who's just dropping verbal bombs and hatred and anger everywhere. You want, now, well, here's the thing. If that's who we want to be, and seventh graders, you know, sixth graders, you guys should pay attention to the eighth graders because they've been around, they know some stuff. So you hear this from them, and it's like, yeah, that's who I want to be. I want to be the person who's growing up and learning this stuff. If only I had someone that I could see who was already doing this, that I could see, well, this is what they did, so I'm going to kind of do what they did. Here's the best benefit in the world. This is so good, because if you guys own a Bible, you have access to this, because that's who Jesus was. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. This is who Jesus was. So when we start to think, well, you know, I want to figure out who I am, I want to have good answers. I, I want to, you know, grow up and not grow up comparing myself to other people. I want to, you know, do stuff that matters. 
Well, we have this guy named Jesus that we can look at. And we can say, man, this is who we are. This is so good. He's living the things that we want to be, the person we want to be. Now listen, here's the thing. Comparison. You guys got to hear me on this. Comparison will never end. There's never an end date in that. It will just lead to more comparison. Being like Jesus, looking to him for example, that's going to lead to awesome stuff. Because comparison says you should be like someone else. Looking at Jesus and being like him says there's no one better at being you than you. And Jesus is going to help you figure out who you are. Comparison says, you know what? When you don't succeed at, at doing or having the stuff they have, you should get angry about it. Jesus says, hey, when you're confused on how to be like me, I'm going to give you answers. I'm going to help you figure it out. And furthermore, when comparison says, you know what? It should become, it gives birth to this pride baby, and it's all about you and you, 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 and the stuff you have. Jesus says, you know what? It becomes more about you being like me and caring about people, and loving people, and, and leaving a legacy of, of you being this person that is not someone else, but this person that's fully you. And how can you be fully you if you don't know the guy who created you? That's what's so good about Jesus. That's why I love Jesus. That's why I try and be like Jesus. And I don't try and be like other people. Being like other people, it's never going to work. You're going to be a terrible other person, but you're going to be an incredible you. And that's who you guys got to be. I'm going to invite the band back up, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a song and we're going to worship for just a few minutes. And then we're going to go and we're going to do something else. But hear me on this. Hear me on this. Hear me on this. Listen. You guys are so, listen, leave your Bibles where they are. Don't worry about your Bibles. Listen, listen to me. You guys are so valuable to me. You're so valuable to me. You guys matter to me so much. You guys matter to me so much that I don't want you wasting your life trying to compare and be someone else. I want you guys to spend your life being you and knowing how God made you and loving that because that is what Jesus wants for us. So I'm going to pray, then we're going to worship, and then we're going to go. So leave your Bibles where they are, bow your heads, pray with me real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you. You are a God that listens and a God that cares. Thanks for an exciting day. Thanks for all the time we've been able to share with each other. And God, you are so good. You matter, and help us see more of you and less of us. Let us be more like you. Comparison's the worst. Let us not be obsessed with it. Thank you. Amen. Jay, are you ready to go? Hey, and uh, hey, seventh grade boys, hey, seventh grade boys in the back over there, you guys wait after service. I have a prize for all of you that I want to give you, so wait. Hey, and Jay, are you ready to go? All right, take it away, brother. So you guys, during this time, I encourage you not to talk unless you're doing it to the tune of the following song. I encourage you guys to...